Welcome to Broad Ideas. This episode is brought to you by Wobby Wob. And Rachel Bilson. And Oblivia Allen. Egler. Poe. <laughs> uh, so today's guest, very, very familiar face. Milana Weintraub is on with us today. And, you know, it's always fun to meet people that like you've seen for so long, but you've never had the opportunity to talk to them and meet them in person. And I was so happy that she agreed to join us today. She has a movie that just came out called Out of Office on Comedy Central. And I have my weekend planned. I'm going to be watching it. So anyways, let's uh, let's talk to Milana. Sometimes when the about dogs and kids and things we'll talk about chicks and tampon strings we'll talk about boys that make you cry we'll talk about death because people die we're so so happy to have you here thank you thank for you. coming to our little our little pod pod <laughs> my pleasure <laughs> it's like a little pod um but no, I mean, oh, like I get this it. I get it. I was like, no, it's not Rachel. Like a it's big. Pod. It's a big pod. It's Think a big. big. Pod. She's a big yeah. manifester. Are you? I am. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking to my friend um, who I hung out with last night who was doing this work on like healing his body through manifestation or like healing his body through thought. Yeah. And neuroplasticity. Yes. That I thought actually makes a lot of sense, like in that I understand that our brain, you know, when we're like stressed out, we get sick. That's like the most obvious one, right? Right. right. So I understand how our brain affects our bodies, mm -hmm. but I don't fully understand how our brain affects things outside of our bodies in terms of manifesting. Mm -hmm. But it does. It absolutely does. But here's a simple way you can make it make sense, right? Okay. So it affects our actions mm -hmm. and it affects our perception. So mm -hmm. if we're thinking thoughts that are like, the world's against me, I'm broke, mm -hmm. I'm poor, I have nothing, mm -hmm. then we're going to make our choices, our actions, behaviors, and patterns based on those thoughts. Mm -hmm. So then we're going to keep being broke and making those choices that are in alignment, right? But if you start to think in a different way and you start to think, I am divinely provided for, I'm abundant, I'm grateful, then we're going to make choices from those things that are going to be in line with that. The hard time that I have with that, well, I have so many, like, I, I can see the pros and cons of both. Mm -hmm. The hard time that I have with that is it, sometimes it makes me feel like if I'm going through a hard time, then it's my fault. And mm. sometimes people just get sick and it's not always their brain's fault. And, right. you know, and people lose their jobs or get in car accidents or whatever. And then it feels like the blame is on them. I have a clarification for that. Please. So I just went through this recently because I too have, I've had a lot of hard times in my life, like a ton. And there's been times where I've 
told myself the story, like, what am I doing wrong? Mm. Right? Like, am I negatively manifesting? And I brought that up to one of my mentors recently. And she was like, it's impossible to do. She's like, that's the misconception with manifestation. Mm. Manifestation only happens when you're in alignment. So you're never going to be in alignment with your highest good. For the negative. That's right. Right. Cool. She really like broke it down for me when she put it like that. Because it's, you know, it's in line with anxiety, right? You have all these anxieties inside and you think that you're making these bad things happen. It's like, oh my God, if I think this, you know, it's all negative or whatever. And that's just a pattern of thinking from an anxiety perspective. There is some truth to that. I'm actually remembering this one time in my life where um, I was just feeling really guilty for something that I did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I won't get into what it was. Um, I eventually like forgave myself. But during that time, I remember feeling like I deserve bad things. Like I'm a bad person and bad things are going to happen to me and I deserve to be depressed and I deserve to not get the things I want. And it really wasn't until I was able to forgive myself Mm. that I, that I felt like my world turned around. Right. Self-forgiveness is the key. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot. Like your mind is always talking and convincing you of things, you know, your brain and it's, it's a practice. Everything in life is a practice and you have to practice like you know, not letting your mind go there and forgiving yourself for things is, it's tricky. Do you have a practice? Do you too have a practice of anything? I just, <laughs> like I just talked to Olivia and I I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> no. yeah. We work on our minds a lot and we yeah. hold each other accountable and we really try to not let each other go down the paths we don't want to go down, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I also feel like, let's all try this. This is really fun. Okay. Right? Close your eyes and try. Rachel, close your eyes. My eyes are closed. Okay. (laughs) Try not to think. Try not to think about an elephant. Whatever you do, don't think about an elephant. Okay. Are are you guys thinking about an elephant? No. Yes. Yes, you fucking (laughs) are because you can't not. The brain doesn't speak in negative. My brain is so stubborn that it was like, no, you're thinking of a fucking lion. So but did I, did I do did it you wrong? not have the imagery at, at well, any point come up? You saw, at you first, saw, the first you split did. second was an elephant because you said, don't think of an elephant and you hear it. And so that's what comes right. into your mind. So the mind doesn't understand the difference between positive and negative. Whatever you tell it to think, whether yeah. you say don't or do, it will. Right. Close your eyes again. Oh my God. Don't think of a giraffe. Rob, close your eyes. <laughs> don't think of a giraffe. No matter what you do, oh, don't so think annoying. of a giraffe. It's you know, the first there thing was that a pops time, in. There was a time when I was hanging out with a bunch of witchy friends. I mean, this must have been like 15 years ago, but I do, I obviously have kept the lesson where we were all making like vision boards and mm-hmm. vision candles. Yeah. And we would um, like clip things out of magazines and and glue them onto this candle. And one of the women that was there was like, you know, I would put like no stress or like no fear or something like that. And she was like, don't put the, it's exactly what you're saying, Olivia. She said, don't put the no of the fear. Don't put fear on there because then you're just going to see fear. Don't put no stress because then you're going to see stress. Mm -hmm. And if you're, it's that exact thing of like, if you're telling your body, don't be freaked out. Right. Then like, how do you even process that thought? That's exactly it. But here's the thing. I want to know, because you manifested 
a huge, like, let's talk about the AT&T spot. Okay. Right? That's a massive manifestation. I, How did you I do that? I actually agree that it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's people out there that, that really are very far from that, right? And you did some sort of manifestation. How did that happen? There was a time in my life where I was purely delusional in the best way, where <laughs> I was like, um, everything I make is good. <laughs> <laughs> and now looking back, I'm like, wow, I was really making some junk, but I really believed in myself. And I'm not fully sure what like bug I had at that time that made me be that way. But I was like making a web series and I was like, this web series is going to, I had three goals for it. I was like, it's going to get seen by HBO. It's going to get me great reps, like a manager and an agent, which I didn't have at the time. And it's going to get turned into a series. Mm. And we ended up getting a pilot with MTV from the web series. Wow. I ended up getting the best reps I could wish for. And then I was like, oh, but you know what? That HBO thing never turned out. And then I ended up getting a job on Silicon Valley. And mm. the showrunner was like, we all love your web series. Oh. And I was like, holy shit, people at HBO saw my web. It was just like <laughs> the, the seeds that I planted for this really happened. And then with in, in that same time where I was living in delusion, which I actually... Wait, you're not... But you weren't. But, but, you but no, didn't. I'm saying this as like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like definitely negging myself because I want to get back to that place of delusion. It was so powerful. Right. Um, but I, I remember, this is so weird, but I remember walking past my TV and, you know, my boyfriend had the TV. It was just on in the background. And I saw a commercial of a girl that was working in a store who like was a brunette with a ponytail. She kind of looked like me. And I was auditioning for commercials at the time. And I was like, why didn't I get an audition for that? Mm -hmm. Like that could have been me. Mm -hmm. And then when I got an audition for a girl that works in a store, I was like, I wonder if it's that same brand. And they're like replacing her. And so I dressed like the girl in the <laughs> spot. Uh -huh. And I was like, I'm just going to go do that. And then when I got the job, I told the ad people this story. And they're like, that's not a commercial that exists. That's not what? A, like you imagined that. And I think that there's a part of me that like, I don't know, either foresaw my future or like there was some gift from the universe of like, this is what you need to do for this audition or something. Wow. So I do feel like there was a seed of not just delusion, but like also optimism and magic that was really supporting me at that time. And I've also really wavered. I've like, I've had moments where I'm like, wow, I'm really fucking doomed. And I, you know, <laughs> it, it, aren't we all like- Yeah, yeah. that's Absolutely. human. Yeah, yeah. So yes, I do feel like there's an element of magic in that. And I really feel incredibly lucky to have that job. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, it's a dream. So I, why do you say delusion? Um, Just that like, if I talked to 25-year-old me today, I'd be like, take it down a notch. <laughs> Wait, did you get that spot when you were 25? I don't know. Something like that. Well, the web series was around then. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I have been doing them for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. And like, I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, AT&T, you know, you're the AT&T girl or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, do you find that as like a negative thing or is it something you're proud of? Or how do you respond to that? I think I used to, um, but 
I actually no longer feel that way. Like in all genuineness, I no longer feel that way because... Well, for a long time, I was directing the commercials for like a year. and Good. That's fucking awesome. Thanks. And then I was just like nursing while directing and acting. And (sighs) it was just like wearing a little too many hats to like step away and do that. So that gave me like a real sense of ownership over it. Also, the campaign went away for three years and I missed it. Mm. Yeah. And I I realized how for granted I took it to be Mm -hmm. like, I'm not just the 18th. And like... If people do think that a character they see on TV is just that, then I, I mean, I can't blame them because it's a confusing thing, but then they're not understanding the three-dimensionality of people. Right. Right. And I am really grateful for the job. I also really love the sets. Like the (laughs) thing that I can't emphasize enough and that I also think something people who don't work in this industry can try to understand is that like when you are seeing a movie, for example, that's worked on for like three months, you're seeing 90 minutes of something that took three months to make. Like there's so much bonding that happens. There's so many relationships and adventures and stories and laughs and bits and inside jokes that happen for three months and you're seeing 90 minutes of it. Right. Like when you see a commercial you're sometimes seeing 30 seconds of something that might have taken two days to make. Like the thing that I have really learned to value more than my career, more than what is perceived is how I spend my time, Mm -hmm. the quality of my life. Right. Yeah. And I really enjoy how I spend my time Mm -hmm. working with my producer, who's a great friend of mine, my AD, who's awesome and a mother of two, like my production designer who I've been working with for 10 years. Like I love my people. I love the way I spend my time. And if people think that I'm just the AT&T girl, they don't understand how this business works or how time is spent on sets. And I am happy to talk to anyone about it. And I also, I have found surprisingly that there aren't a lot of campaigns that mean a lot to people. And this does mean something to some people. And to have any impact on anyone's life to make people laugh is a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. To have anything that amplifies my voice, like as Milana, as the individual that cares about justice and the environment and empathy, then like that's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I think if for when I was like, uh, I'm not just the AT&T girl. I think that was like me caring more about the ego of yeah, it than sure. the quality of my life. Well, yeah. so, you know, what I want to ask is because I find myself, you're a mother now, yeah. you know, and I find looking at things from that perspective changes everything. Totally. Like you're looking at how you spend your time because it's so much more you know, crucial to where your energy goes and where your time is spent because totally. you're mom. Yes. And I, that always changed for me. I was like, okay, I am grateful for this. I am blessed. I am lucky. And I am managing my time in a different way. But you have to love what you're doing to be spending that time away from your child. I mean, at least for me, because like she's my kid's number one. And, and I know a lot of people feel that way. Some people don't, but yeah, a lot of people do. And for me, it was always that. And it's like, it has to be something like you're surrounded by great people. 
you you like what you're doing, you know, and I'm sure there's like great perks to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and like what an amazing privilege to be able to say like, I'm only going to go make money if it brings me joy. Because there are so many people who have to like, you know, when I, when I had to go back to work and my son was like three and a half months old, Ooh. I was like, how am I ever going to leave him? And I got to bring him with me a right. lot of the time. Right. But three months old is how much a lot of maternity leave if they get maternity leave that people get. I can't even, the whole maternity, the whole setup in this country. And they go to work for jobs that aren't fulfilling for them. Right, that they just have to do. And they go and take care of other people's babies. Like there are nurses that have to go back to work at three months. Yeah. There are, I mean, and so many people, I mean, just working in an office job, just, you know, one of my good friends went back to work at three months. She just started back and- she doesn't know how she's going to do it. And I really do think it's like a devastating thing about this country. Agreed. And is actually like, and I feel this way about like healthcare not being universal. Like it's actually making us all meaner, sicker, and more psychologically fucked up. Right. For sure. There's so many of those issues. And paternity leave too. Like I remember when my husband was working at a certain job that he's not at anymore. But when we had my first son, they gave him like four days off. What? It was like four days off. And he went back to work and the owner found out and was like, why did we give you four days off? Like, that's not okay. Mm. And he's like, that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. He needed to be home. You know, because like, it's a three-person job. Because oh, yes, yes, it's actually a ten-person job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not something that people really value here in this country they like don't. they do it's other crazy. places. Like you know, in Canada, you get a year. In France, you get a year and an au pair. You know, no way. Oh yeah, you get an au pair. Oh yeah. Yes. No. Yes. Way. I know. So it's like you see, you you hear all these I'm things. I'm furious. You want to yes. fact check that, Rob? <laughs> you, get, you get paired. Do you get a lover too? <laughs> like you get a pair. So you like, get a side piece. Yeah, I mean, they a, really have they it take figured good out. care of you. <laughs> really good care of you. But it's you know, and especially in in our business too, it's really not handled or looked at it. Look, there's obviously productions that are so gracious and and supportive. And I've had a great experience in that way. But there's still not really anything set up in a way that I think it should be. And obviously, it speaks to the bigger picture in our country. There's so many issues. Obviously, I know you've been very open about an experience you had. And I'm open about everything. (laughs) We love that. Yeah. We're a little too open. We're way too open. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, with the whole Roe v. Wade thing. And, you know, I know you did an interview and you spoke openly about an abortion you had. And there's all these issues that keep coming up. But I mean, Roe v. Wade being overturned recently, like, I'm sure you reacted to that. How did you feel when you heard that news? Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, I, I got the heads up that it might be happening, like a lot of us did. And I don't even know what to say. I think we're all sick with the patriarchy in a way. Like, I I don't actually know who this benefits Mm -hmm. when there are so many other fucking things that matter. Like, there are Republicans from Nebraska who are talking about trans kids playing sports and abortion. And they're like, 
have the worst education system in the country. And it's like, what kids are you actually caring about? The children that haven't learned to read? Like the children that should be at a certain level of education and are grades below that? Like show me actually how you are pro-life by taking care of living people. Mm. And the other thing, as you both know, because you have birthed people, it is an incredibly difficult thing to do. And for me, I, I don't think of my experience as traumatizing. I actually would like do it again. But it was only possible for me to do and appreciate because I wanted my son. And, and all of it, the learning how to nurse, like healing my body afterwards, all of that, I had so much patience for myself and for my baby because I really wanted him. Yeah. And if I didn't, if I was forced to have the nausea and the vomiting and the pain and the everything, everything that comes with the like incredibly difficult physical task of carrying a child, but I didn't want it, I would not only feel, I'm sure, resentful of my country, but also of my child. Mm. And what a way to bring somebody into the world. Right. So it's it's that same thing that like when we talk about maternity leave, it's like, let's just set people up for success for like like looking forward. Don't we want people in this country 30 years from now who have better psychological home bases? Mm. And it feels like one of the first steps to doing that is to bring them into homes who want them. Sure. So let's take care of people who exist with healthcare, education, basic human rights, mm. food. Duh, like people are so hungry in this country. And we're talking about the forcing of bringing more people into it. The The idea of forced birth is like so Handmaid's Tale. It's like, <laughs> how are we actually doing this to people? Um, and that it is like linearly a step back in progress is um, is just like basically disappointing. Like in a very basic way, I feel disappointed because so much progress has been made. Also, I'm just going to plug this. There's this organization called White People for Black Lives. Um, their website is WP4BL. I think it's their Instagram too. Google White People for Black Lives. And they have a really amazing course on teaching people how to talk to people who disagree with them. Oh, it's, wow amazing. And it's like one of the greatest contributions to my life was being able to take that course. And so I use it in having conversations about Roe v. Wade and and just seeking to understand people who are different than me. Because a lot of the times when you just ask people enough questions, you can like get down to the root of their fear or their need to control, which is often based in fear. Right. And generally, I'm for people making their own choices. Yeah. About yeah. their bodies. <laughs> right which you should be able to do as long as it doesn't have an effect on other people's bodies. Mm -hmm. What what would your life have been like? Can you tell us a little bit about what your reasons were for having an abortion and like how that came up and all of it? Yeah, it was never even a thought that I was going to keep that child. There was no part of me that was like weighing the options. How old were you? I was 22, mm -hmm. I think. I think I was 22. Um, I was with like my first boyfriend out of college, mm -hmm. who's a great dude and I love and is still my good friend, but was not going to be my forever person. I was working at a job that was not paying me enough to even like live the life that I had at that moment, let alone take on the giant financial <laughs> 
strain that a child is. And I just never felt like it was my child. I honestly, there was no moment where I was like, this is my child. I felt like I had a seed planted in me. Like I had a polyp that needed to be removed. Mm -hmm. And I was just lucky enough to have health insurance at the time. I was like still on my mom's health insurance. And I was able to go to the doctor and get put under, which is also such a blessing, and get the thing taken out of me. And I was fucking fine. And I didn't think about it again. I honestly, it was not, it was seriously like having a cyst removed. And I was like crampy for two weeks afterwards. And I never thought about it. I literally, I don't think about it until I think about the women who are in that situation and don't have the option. Mm -hmm. Were your parents part of that conversation? Yeah. My mom went with me. And what what was that conversation like? She understood that it was my choice. She was also, my mom is a kooky bird and loves babies and like couldn't wait to be a grandmother. <laughs> so, and, and like now that she is a grandmother, she's like even kookier and so obsessed with my son, which is also like, what a gift. But at the time she was like, you should have the baby and I will raise the baby. And I'm like, okay, this isn't a soap route. You've watched a lot of days of our lives. This is not how this is going to go. But yeah, she did go with me and, you know, literally like, drove me and held my hand and was totally understanding. And for my dad, I didn't tell him. I think my dad like didn't know that I had sex until I was pregnant. Like, we don't, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, certain yeah. things don't need to be said. He did not need to yeah. know. But I think, you know, I mean, it's amazing you have that relationship with your mother. And so here's something that I often think about because obviously I am incredibly pro-choice and, you know, all of it. Um, I almost said pro-life on accident. I did that. You know what? When I was pregnant, I was like talking to a girl at a coffee shop and I was like, being pregnant has made me so pro-life. And I can see like her eyes like glaze over. And I was like, oh, I mean, I can tell by your face that I said that wrong. (laughs) Right. Because it's like so similar. And you would think that that would mean something positive. And yes. Because you, because by... (laughs) <laughs> having an abortion, you are actually liberating women. Right. Yeah. And it you're also actually feels pro-life. Like pro-life. Right. It like, shouldn't be called pro-life. That's what it should saying. be called anti-choice. Yeah. Right. Anti- right. It should. Exactly. One of the things, one of the gifts my cousin gave me who is just a little bit younger than me, but like actually just like way more mature and smarter and cooler <laughs> than me. She had kids first and she was so good at setting boundaries with my family around like, hey, that's not how we talk to him or like, I'm going to do it this way. And she like laid the groundwork for me and and my parenting with my family. And the thing that she always says, like whenever I want to do something different, she goes, hey, she's the mom. Mm -hmm. She can do it that way. She's the mom. Mm -hmm. And that's just how I feel about yeah, abortions I've, or whatever. Right. Like you're the mom, you're right. the body, you're the boss, you're the boss of your body. Right. No, I absolutely, I fully support. And every woman needs that choice to do what they want. And I think yeah. Yeah, it's such a hard topic. And it is, you know, there's so many different situations and we don't know. And you know who doesn't know are the politicians don't know. That's actually, <laughs> you know, I have a friend who is very religious uh-huh. and does believe that the fetus is a soul mm-hmm. and just has a hard time with the killing of a soul. Mm-hmm. And to her, I say, don't have an abortion. Totally. Then right. You do that. Yeah. And in your church and in your community and in your family, you can have those conversations. Right. But you can't have those conversations for people you don't know. That's right. 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 But it's I, her choice. A hundred percent. I think it's very individual. Right. And so people that have conservative values and are brought up religious, 
are entitled to feel however they want. But I, I have personally seen some of those views change when it comes to the person. I uh, have a friend um, who has been my friend for a while and has been really trying to get pregnant. So she did mm-hmm. IVF. She had a few great eggs that worked. One of them, she got pregnant with a baby girl. At 16 weeks, I believe, she found out that the pregnancy was not viable. The, the, at 16 weeks? At 16 weeks. She was on her husband's health insurance, and he works for a Christian hospital. You know, it's an organization that's funded uh, uh, yeah. with the intention of, of having a, a religious connotation. Yeah. I don't even know how to talk about that. But it was probably where my husband worked. Yeah, she, her husband used to work at a at a place like that. Mm-hmm. So because that's wild that like also that place didn't provide paternity leave. So um, <laughs> because she had to abort this fetus that was not viable, that was not going to live long or healthy, mm-hmm. it was still considered an abortion. This Christian institution's insurance would not cover <gasps> it. And she had to pay out of pocket $24,000 to stay in a hospital to have this procedure. And oh my God. And so that's like, yeah, I know I get goosebumps and chills thinking about it. That breaks my heart. Thinking about it twice that, like, not only is this uh, an error in our abortion health care. Yeah. And that this is somebody else saying what is a justified medical procedure and not, but then also a sign of like, how is this just not paid for? How is this something that you have also to pay for out of pocket? She's, she's what going she had through, to go through emotionally and psychologically and all of that comes along with it. All like, the work that she has put in to oh. making this wanted person come into her life. I know it is, um, it is totally heartbreaking. Good, good, happy ending. She does have a baby. Yay. Yeah. We love those. We love those stories. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just like, there are so many signs of how unhumane this system is. That breaks my heart. Sorry, my heart. I feel like we could also like have a giggle fest. Yes, we can. <laughs> it's we, just like yeah, we're just getting into it. Yeah. It's, it's hard to but not you know, talk about things that matter because it really is such a strange time in our country. But that like our main thing with this is to have a completely safe, open platform to discuss anything that's important to anyone who comes in and sits there. So, and we're very open and sometimes I'm a little too open, but same, you know, like we were saying, so it's absolutely... And these are important things, you know, and we're all women and you've had a personal experience with it. I, you know, Jennifer Lawrence just gave an interview in Vogue and she was so transparent and something I've always admired about her. Mm -hmm. She talked about a couple of miscarriages she had, you know, and she got into politics pretty heavily. But I always admire people that aren't afraid to just be who they are and speak up for themselves. Yeah. You know, and I've never had an abortion. I've had a couple of miscarriages and it's so common. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of a taboo thing to talk about, which is so bizarre to me because I think women need that support more than anything. Like whether it's, you know, 16 weeks and she had to obviously have a procedure or if you just have a natural miscarriage or whatever it is, but all these topics are so important and you can feel alone and isolated depending on your situation and who you're surrounded by. So being able to talk about it and like telling people like, you've, you know, had your experience. I've had miscarriages. You know, she had a really rough birth the first time, like Olivia did. And, and, but to talk about it, because 
if you talk about it, I personally, I feel the support. And I'm like, yes, Jennifer, thank you for saying you had a couple of miscarriages mm-hmm. because it happens so, so often. So often. And I have a wonderful OB. And she's like, yeah, I had, you know, a couple miscarriages. And then my kid, like, there's all these things. And you look it up on the internet or whatever it is where you're like, oh my God, like, what's wrong with me? Or mm-hmm. I can't do mm-hmm. it. And obviously, I have a, a beautiful, healthy child. So it really, there's just so many things out there. And so I think to hear people who have gone through experiences talk about it and talk about positives that come along with it or after it I just think it's helpful yeah so I can't not talk about it I'm like yeah I'm like I uh, I've joked my, my therapist is like you know uh have you talked about this with your husband and I was like I haven't had a single thought ever that I haven't said out loud to my husband right <laughs> <laughs> like I and then that's only because he's the one that's around all the time like there is not a good uh shield. So like from my thoughts to my mouth. So um, I am very grateful for the platform to to talk about yeah. the things. But can we talk about how you knew you wanted to have more than one child? Because oh. I now have one and I'm really thinking about what that means to be one and done. How do you feel? Do you want one? Like, did you go into it thinking one and done? I don't know that I really had a plan. Okay. Um, but uh, after having one and like being, oh, and Rob, and Rob this is I like, was just about to say, we got Rob here second. too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how old is your second now? Uh, six months. Six months. Oh, woof. He's so like, so, oh, so he's so like cute. eating now, he's starting to eat like avocado, avocado. and like sweet potato well, and stuff. He's apparently allergic to avocado. So oh. he throws up all night. If he's, okay. So no is avocado. That really? He's done it twice. Yeah. Aww. For like an hour. He'll probably grow out of it. That's what I said. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm curious for everybody because I I I do have a child. I girl or a boy? I have a boy. He's the yummiest, funniest. Like I just feel like I got a really good one. I love him so much. (laughs) (laughs) And 15 months is so fun. It's so 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 it only gets better too. Yeah, I am stoked. Yeah. However, it does really do a lot to your time, yeah. to your career, to your relationship and your body. And so I'm kind of just like, can I do this again? And um, can I handle how unmanageable it's going to be? Well, our other one's five. Mm-hmm. So he was at a point where he was much more independent and manageable when we decided to have the second and you you really you were conscious about having a second. We wanted a second for him mostly to not be by himself. Yeah. Did he want to did he ask for yeah, it? He he was always asking for <laughs> no he way. wanted a little sister. Oh yeah. but he didn't get one. No. My question <laughs> would okay be with that? Yeah, yeah. Oh good. What would be your reason to have a second? Um that to like I have a sister, my husband has a sister, and they are so important to us. And they're just like our built-in support. You know, like they're the people that you can call to do hard things for you, like with you. They're (laughs) the person like if I'm stuck, I call my family. Yeah. And to just have more family is Mm -hmm. a blessing for anybody, I think. I mean, depending on your family. Depending on your family. Right, right. So... I um, I would love to give him that gift. And there's still like a little bit of an itch in me, in my heart, that yeah. like maybe there is 
I, I don't feel the certainty about the one and done. And I think a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Right. They're like, this is good. This is enough. And um, and I don't fully feel that. But I also feel like my hands are full. Yeah. And my husband's yeah. hands are full. Yeah. yeah we, and we, it was, I don't think we would have considered a second like right away. Yeah. yeah. It You're was, like, give it a minute. Pull your jets, Milana. And we forgot everything about having a little baby. Which I think you need to do. You, you have, have to. to do, or you won't do it again. <laughs> I think that your body knows. That's my read on it. Is mm. I feel like people that are one and done do have clarity. I feel like there's people that I'm have... Ask Rachel. She's one and done. She's not... She may maybe. have another one well, in her. Maybe, I mean, maybe. I'm 41 years old, guys, but... She I, would... She could. I would... Like, I always thought I would have more than one. Mm. Um you know, and things happen and things don't always pan out the way you picture them. Uh, But that being said, I mean, I'm so old. (laughs) (laughs) I also, there's a lot of new research about the myth of the like aging uterus and the number of eggs you have. This geri, I don't even think we use that term anymore. I'm hoping. I hope not. (laughs) Um, I think they do. They They did when I was having my babies. So like, I know. Done by a man. It's like 35 years old. Yeah, 35. 35. It's considered geriatric. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm 35. And so, whoops. Um, (laughs) But I just don't buy it. Like, no, I, you see, I, I mean, don't buy it. I feel like people are having babies a lot older now. I'm just saying for you, Rachel, yeah. the, it doesn't seem like 41 should be the reason to not do it. No, I don't think that. 42 okay. might be, but 41's <laughs> not. <laughs> My husband's trying to get me to do it and I'm 42. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, but maybe. You might. But you both, by the way, look hot. Thank you. <laughs> both so, so beautiful. I, I'm i going to say something really inappropriate. I think your figure is insane. Like when you walk it's like... nuts. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. nuts. <laughs> I was like, she walked up and I was like, holy crap, she's a hottie. Thanks. My boobs have shrunk. Your boobs after... are gorgeous. Are you Thank done you. nursing? I am done nursing. And when I stopped, they went down two sizes. <gasps> they were Bigger. They were bigger. They're huge and wonderful now. They're gorgeous. They're actually, yeah. they're actually way more... Hi, Rob. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking over here. Though. way <laughs> more manageable now. Like, I did feel a lot of, like... Uh, like, I was very concerned about things I wore when they were two sizes bigger. And now I'm like, they make sense. They, like, they fit a little bit better on my body. <laughs> I would enjoy every minute of oh, that. Oh, I do. I enjoy yeah. them. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't know. I'm a fan of having kids... And even with all they come with and your hands being full, I believe that each kid comes with its own abundance, Mm -hmm. whether that's resources or whatever it is. I feel like just when you think you can't manage, you can. And your ability to manage becomes greater. But I'm a little crazy. Like I got a puppy while having a baby and and then I'm like, let's adopt now. And like, are you feeling like you might adopt? Yeah. 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 Which I think is awesome. Yeah. Are, have you started the application process? We have not because my husband still would like to look at my... Um, Anatomy. And my, he would love he would to, like look, to at look at my... He would like to look at her vagina. Get a good <laughs> look at that. <laughs> so we're exploring, but we feel there's probably another one for us. Mm. And, you know, I feel like your body knows. 
That's what I believe. And I think that the 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 questioning or confusion is of the mind and it's never right. going to lead you in the right direction. And if you go to your body, you got it. Well, for me, like, you know, my daughter's seven and it's just her and it's so easy now <laughs> and awesome that that's the, the other struggle. I'm like, oh, but it's so good and it's mm. so easy. But still, you know, my body, my mind are like, no, but I could do a baby. <laughs> like, let's just bring another <laughs> one in, even though it's as you know, how exhausting and how much work it is. But does she want another one? She Does she ever talk about one of the siblings? She does. But she's also very used to being Mm -hmm. the only child. And she would be great, but it's always just been us. So I don't know, you know. What's your relationship like with your daughter? We're so close. That's my little best friend, ride or die, side chick. Yeah. (laughs) You know, she's, yeah, we're super close. She's super awesome. And she would be a great older sibling. She's really kind. She's an incredible kid. She's a great kid. Like she's she's a great kid. She's very, yeah, I don't know how, but she turned out pretty (laughs) kind and great, which um, couldn't be, that's like the best compliment you can get about your child is that they're kind, I think, you know? Um, but yeah, she's great with, Olivia's kids. We have friends that have little kids. She's she's really good about it. But I wonder how she would handle like an actual other thing taking my full time. Yeah, yeah. I um, my sister and I are eleven and a half years apart. Oh wow. Yeah. And for same parents. Same parents. My dad um traveled a lot. Was gone a lot. And so for a lot of like a lot of my childhood memories are with just me and my mom. And it was such a beautiful thing that we were best friends, that we had like standing girl dates. And it is such a beautiful thing to like just be you and your mom. Yeah. And to have... But ha- you, you were 11 and a half years from your sister. Yes. You still have the relationship with your sister even being 11 and a half years apart. As we got older, yes. I think I was okay. like, you know, by the, you know, when my sister was like three, I was like, peace out. I am right. only out of the house. I, I am You didn't like, find it like cute and fun, like a little baby to play with? I did. And- I did for like the first year, but then I was also like a teenager yeah, and really into boys teenage and just... things. Yeah. Sure. And then I went to college and I was gone for a lot of her mm-hmm. childhood, but... But you had a close relationship with your mom and it was just you guys. And when she came into the picture, did you feel jealous? Were you... or was I never it... felt jealous. I always mm-hmm. felt like... Well, especially when when she was just born. Well, here's actually just a weird memory that's coming up. But like while my mom was pregnant, my dad was still gone a lot. I felt like it was my job to take care of my mom. Like... Mm, yeah. It was my job. I remember being like, you can't have too much coffee. Like I remember <laughs> policing her and kind of being her, not her birth partner, but like her partner. Yeah. And really like loving my sister way before she was born, you know, when my mom was pregnant. And it wasn't until my sister was probably like out of high school that I felt like super close to her. Okay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, then we like became adults together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. And, and now especially she's really the close person. Yeah. But having that time with just me and my mom was really like, um, you know, you just, you, I, I did always feel like I was older and she was younger. Like I did always feel like yeah. we were peers in it together. Okay. Yeah. Cause I always wonder, cause Briar, you know, she'd be significantly older than a sibling, mm-hmm. but we have had all that time together. What's the age difference between you and your sisters? Oh, well, they're my half, half, they're my dad and my stepmom, 20 years and 25 years. So, and you're older. Yes. yes. You have siblings that are 20 and 25 years younger than you. Yes. Wow. Yeah. 
they they had Hattie when you were 20? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I remember when Heather was pregnant. Yeah. It was so fun because so I was 20 ago. and there was a baby. And so mm-hmm. that's a different thing, you totally know? And different. oh my gosh, it was so much fun. I loved, yeah. loved having a baby. And then, yeah, Rosemary came five years after that. But yeah, so, and I'm close to them, obviously, but it's a little different than, you know, your situation or if I had another right. baby now with Briar. Are you still close with your mom? Yeah, especially now that I have a Because she's child. grandma. Yeah. yeah. Does she live here as well? She lives, yeah, she lives very close to me and she like wants us to leave town and just leave the baby with her. <laughs> yeah. She's like, go, it's good for your marriage. Go prioritize yourselves. I got this. <laughs> okay. She's really <laughs> a, a wonderful grandmother. Yeah. And you were born, um, you weren't born here. No, I was born in Uzbekistan. That's actually another perk of my mom taking care of my son is that she only speaks Russian to him. Oh, and wow. so he will like come back and have new work, like totally understand her. Right, and that, that's so cool. Yeah, you know, you meet people. You speak who, Russian. I do. Yeah. Yes, so but you- it's hard to speak. Like the way that I've been told that you have to raise a bilingual child is one person only speaks one language and the other person only speaks the other. And that has been very hard for me because I want my husband to be a part of our conversations and like understand. But, you know, we're doing like Russian songs and poems and, you know, pointing out at animals. And I'm trying to, to keep the language alive. But like when my mom is around, it's like. Wait, so that means you only speak Russian to him. I'm, I mean, I don't, but that would be how, how to successfully do it. Yeah. Right. But then your husband doesn't know anything you're saying. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Which is also fun. Probably sometimes. That's actually (laughs) part of the the dream. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's like to have a secret language with your kid. It's just like, so that's what, that's actually what keeps me going. It's not just having a secret language from my husband, although like kind of cool. It would actually be to like be in the grocery store and be like, Hey, come over, check this, you know, just like have a secret, secret little world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she kind of has that. I with do. We, we do sign language, my youngest son. And now my husband and I are learning it because of him. And we'll be across the room from each other and start doing signs to each other. And we mm. can be like, I want to get out of here. Do you want to go? Like, <laughs> nobody knows what we're saying. And it's really fun. That it's is like, really cool. It's I like a leave. cool... Yeah, (laughs) but it's like a cool, it's really fun. And then my other son will do it too. Like he'll come up to me when people are talking to me, if I can't hear him Mm. and he'll sign what he needs and wants. And Mm. I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. We have our own little like, yeah, secret club. Mm -hmm. How did sign language become a part of your family? My son has hearing loss. Your oldest. My youngest. Oh, your youngest. Yeah. He's three. Yeah. Um, So your oldest picked it up from... Yeah, that's what I meant by cool. That you're like that. Your now family has a language. No, and and you know what? It is cool. Like it's not something I ever thought would be cool. I remember when I got that news, I was like, "This is the most crushing thing in the world." But learning sign language and being part of the deaf community is one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in my life. (laughs) Like the beauty in that collective group of people is mind blowing. Mm So and we're all learning it yeah. for Shepherd, you know. I'm learning. I know words. Yeah, I've always known I the know alphabet. Words. I'm yeah. learning. Yeah, she's learning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it is cool, you know. And 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 I, you know, I don't have any other language. But and my mom always says her parents could speak Italian, but the generation they didn't want to teach the kid the other language because they yeah. were trying to fit in, and you know. And so it's a bummer that we don't have that, but. 
sign language will yeah. be. Yeah, it's such a gift yeah. Yeah. to a like gift sure. give, a, and they absorb it so effortlessly that to give a child a language that they don't have to like go to school for mm-hmm. is awesome. And I feel very lucky. I never had to study Russian, but I am fluent in it. And that I'm just like, how, how stoked. Like, how do you feel about Russia these days? Oh, boy. <laughs> how do you feel about being asked about that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I, more importantly. I don't. I don't. Uh, well, I'm not. I don't consider myself Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, I am Uzbek. I am right. was born there and my parents were born there. And some of my grandparents were born in Uzbekistan. So um, and then before that, my grandparents were Ukrainian and Moldovan. So um, I it's also all just so complicated because I, and, I, and I, I'm sure people will disagree with me, but from my perspective, especially being a Soviet Jew, like we were all over the place, like in mm-hmm. terms of the Soviet Union, like Ukrainian people and Russian people are cousins. Like mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. are people that were just like forced to move around because of like government relocation systems and anti-Semitism and jobs and farms and all these things that have made people move and settle and move again. And so the fact that there is a war between two countries that um, like share people is like us, you know, going to war with Oregon. Like it is heartbreaking Mm -hmm. and... um, you know, I think um, it's just seeing those images affected a lot of people and seeing those images and understanding that, like, the, the images of war, seeing the people fleeing, seeing the people in bunkers. There was a video that I saw of, like, pregnant, like, women in labor yeah. in a room together. Yeah. It just made me, once again, because I, I I actually have also done a lot of refugee advocacy for Syrian refugees And I have always felt connected to refugees as a people. And I think actually that there's some like past life stuff there for me. But then there's also some, I'm nodding at you because like the soul don't don't die, baby. She gets this. The soul don't die. (laughs) Um, But I, um, I mean, it's just like such an obvious thing, but like war is wrong. Killing people, killing innocent people, especially, um, I don't, it feels outdated. It is. It feels like, right. do what? Like we have We're the internet. Here? Like we have every fucking resource and piece of information we need to come up with something. And also I do think that Russian culture, even more than American culture, but American culture too, is sick with toxic masculinity. And this idea that um, we have strength by dominating is wrong, is um, harmful, and um, makes people actually sick. So I actually think that like strength comes from understanding, from compassion, from like very basic sharing of resources. There actually is enough for everybody. Um, The owning of land is like such colonial bullshit that like that Russia feels like they need to like just colonize more is heartbreaking and stupid and wrong. And again, like all of it is like, can we just be done colonizing? (laughs) (laughs) Disappointed that we're still here doing 
this. That we're doing it this way. Yeah, yeah, it feels archaic. You're like, wait, we're still what? We're still doing that? I know. Like we haven't woken up yet? Well, this is also why we need more women in power. We do. Right? <laughs> we do. I know. I was just talking yesterday to somebody from England, you know, and the queen obviously just passing. And I'm like, but you had a woman. And, but I think they're still very patriarchal over there anyway, even though there was a queen. <laughs> you know, I was watching The Crown from bed <laughs> in my cozy. As you should. And I was thinking, I have a better deal than she does mm. because she's working her butt off and she is every minute of their life is like planned for them and done. And they're, it looked exhausting. And mm. I was like, I wouldn't trade my spot in life with her. My spot in this bed. <laughs> it, my spot in this bed and my ability to go outside of my house freely, wear what I want, speak to who I want, be who I want, love who I want. Like I wouldn't trade it for any riches in the world that they have. Like I was watching it going, that looks like a golden prison. I don't know. Be a princess doesn't sound too shabby. Let's well, talk to Megan. It's kidding. an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting even just thought experiment about fame. Yeah. Like, mm. you know, I, I have friends who feel like unsafe going to like coffee shops mm -hmm. with their kid mm -hmm. and feeling the eyes of the world on them or like, you know, trying to make sure that their children aren't photographed and, and that kind of stuff. And yet there are so many people who are trying to be famous. Mm -hmm. What are your guys' experiences with that? <laughs> Is there, was there a time where you were like, oh, wow, I would really like to be less famous right now? I don't know that I've ever like had that amount of fame where it's like bullshit. <laughs> we used to get... Rachel... <laughs> it, we used to have to hide you in cars. And like when she first got famous on the OC, it was nuts. All right, continue. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe I've blocked <laughs> things out. I mean, you know, there was a time where the paparazzi culture was very alive and well. Not to say it's not now, but it was it's kind of a, so, it's yeah. a different time. You know, it was before Instagram, it was before social media, like all that stuff. So all you had were like the rag mags and, you know, paparazzi pictures and whatever. And yeah, there for sure were times that were intense. Um, I don't know. For me, I, my whole life, and this goes back to what we first started talking about, about social anxiety and whatnot. My whole life, even growing up, I was like, I can't go to that mall. I might see somebody I know. Mm -hmm. And that was me as a child, not or like a teenager or whatever, like not wanting to have to like run into someone and talk to them. Mm. And I think I've talked about this in therapy and she thinks it might just be extreme shyness and not social anxiety, but mm. um, I've always been that way. So it was kind of like What's no difference. the difference between shyness, extreme shyness? You know, and she's explained good. it. And this also speaks to my uh, no memory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't retain information very well. But she did explain it and I will have to, I will get back to you on that because mm. it made a lot of sense when she said it. But, um, but there was a difference and I don't, I don't, I don't know if I fully support the shyness thing versus social anxiety, but I, it's just always been that way for me. So, you know, um, uh, fame is such a weird thing and there's so many people that are out there and that's all they want mm -hmm. and it's not all the other stuff, like not the job you want to do or the things that make you happy. It's like, no, I just want to be famous on Instagram or like, I just want to be, you know, and I think it's, it's just this weird, bizarre relationship people have with fame. And not to say that I'm not grateful that I've had success in my career, 
uh, and what comes along with it because you have to recognize that like, okay, well, you're doing something and, you know, and I'm sure people come up to you all the time. And it's just like, especially having a kid too. My daughter's old enough now to kind of explain like, oh, mommy and daddy, you know, are on TV or, you know, some people know what they do for work or Mm -hmm. it's a little different, you know, her dad like seeing toys of him and stuff because her dad's Mm -hmm. in like a big franchise and whatnot. But having a kid and being in this world and being recognized, like I'm sure you'll have to have a conversation with your son at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's to achieve as much, what's the word I'm looking for? Anonymity? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's always been a goal of mine, but just because that's how I am as a person, not because of Mm -hmm. the success I've had in my career. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if that answers your question, what you were originally asking, but you know, it's a weird thing, Mm -hmm. this job. Mm -hmm. It's a little strange. And what about for you? What is that like? Um, Right now, I very much like welcome it right now. I'm very grateful for anyone caring about just like giving a fuck about me. So (laughs) so thanks. And and I find that people are really respectful. I remember when I was little because I grew up in L.A. I remember when I was little. You did? You did? Where? Yeah, West Hollywood. Okay. Like Santa Monica. We grew up here too. Yeah. Oh, cool. Valley Girls. Nice, nice. Yes. Um, Beverly. Yeah. <laughs> you went to Beverly? Did you go to Beverly High? I went to High? Beverly for two years and then I dropped out and went to SMC. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And that was a really great choice. I recommend it to all the young listeners dropped out of high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I um, I remember seeing Goldie Hawn and Kirk Russell awesome. at dinner. And I was just like, I was the opposite of shy. I was like, I'm going to go talk to them. And I ran up to them and I was like, can I have your autographs? And Kirk Russell was like, I'm eating with my family right now. Oh. And I was like, oh, duh. Uh. Like for me, it didn't, it didn't feel mean. It felt like, um, oh yeah, he's a person having an experience and I'm interrupting it. Like, and I must've been like seven, but I did understand that. I think I also, I did feel, probably feel a little rejected, but I was like, oh, of course he's not just there for my purposes. Wow. Yeah. And Interesting. so I think I've never really felt like I needed to like lay down the law with anyone or be like, hey, don't come up to me. The thing I don't like is when people post pictures without me knowing that they're taking a picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I, I never feel is like friendly. That's and I, creepy. I actually don't think anyone should do that of anyone. Like I don't think anyone should be filming and for any reason, whether it's laughter or whatever, without someone's consent. Yeah. Um, and so I don't mind it right now. I reserve the right to change my mind. But I do feel like very protective of my son. And I think if if it ever felt like creepy, I and I was not with my husband or with a friend. If I was alone, I think I would probably not enjoy it. But right now it's okay. Did you grow up with a craving for it? Was it something that was in you that you knew you wanted to accomplish? Um, no. 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 I actually still don't really feel a craving for fame. Right. I feel like, like, again, like what we talked about, like, I just want to enjoy my time. Mm-hmm. And I really love this weird, weird job. Right. Um, and I want to spend my days doing things I love. Mm-hmm. So I am not drawn to being more famous. I think there's a huge difference. I think that there's 
drives in people, right? Mm -hmm. There's drives for people to create or do comedy or do drama or act or sing or direct or do any of those things. And then there's a, a separate thing from that, which is the drive to be famous. Mm-hmm. And I think those are coming from two different parts of the human. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One is external. Like right. one is ego-based. Yeah. One mm-hmm. is like, I want to be perceived in a certain way. Right. And I definitely have like caught that bug, like been a little sick with like, I want power or <laughs> I want to be important. Yeah. It also, I you know, I'm remembering times in my 20s where I have like been at a table with people who are much more successful than me and being like, wow, nobody here gives a shit about me. What a terrible feeling. (gasps) Yeah. You know, but I also, that's a lesson that I needed to learn. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's something I went through too, especially having my best friend get famous with me. I remember the feeling. I was about to say who? (laughs) (laughs) You. But like, you know, being at parties or being places where everyone's famous and it's like, I could be see-through. Totally, same. And what I learned in that was so beautiful is that, None of that matters if I'm see-through to myself. And like the moment you can turn that inside and be like, you are important. You are beautiful. You are amazing. You do have so much value to give. And like when we can start giving that to ourselves, we no longer need it from other people. And now I can sit at any table and I don't care if they can see me, Mm. you know? Right. A thing I'll add on to that mm-hmm. is that the people that are famous at the parties who are getting all the attention are also just like three-dimensional weirdos, just like the people that aren't getting the attention. Mm-hmm. Like they're dealing with their own shit. Yeah. They have like, they haven't returned their mom's phone call. They're like in a fight with their brother, boyfriend, whatever. Like there isn't actually a hierarchy. Nope. There is just ego. There is just appearances. And the thing that I still really like doing, and I'm grateful that we get to do on this podcast, and I am like, actually, one of the like the weird things about doing press, for example, is that it's very rare that you get to have real conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, what was it like? On Isn't someone so like hilarious? And it's like, yes, but also that person is incredibly wise. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the thing that I prefer in every conversation is being like, okay, cool, 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 cool. I don't actually give a fuck about your credits. Tell yes, me right. about this thing that you're obsessed with. Yeah. And like, what did you cook last what, night? <laughs> what matters to you? Yeah. That's us. Yeah. And so it, I think understanding that like everyone is hurting a little mm-hmm. bit and everyone is dealing with their thing and and everyone is silly like that has made the hierarchy you know regardless of where i stand in it which is also irrelevant bullshit that has made it matter so much less. like i just actually feel like i'm in a healthier place of not caring about it and I also reserve the right to change my mind because I'm sure that there will be times in my life where I'm like, oh, wow, nobody here gives a fuck about me. And that's when like my ego is soaring and I have to check myself. I like that though. I reserve the right to change my mind. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to declare that. Yeah. (laughs) Every day. Take it. Take it. (laughs) Um, This has been such an amazing conversation and I know a lot of it was intense and you know but we covered a lot and happy to be here yeah Yeah. we'd love to have you again where we just laugh and talk about you know bullshit (laughs) um but we like to end every conversation with a game fuck mary kill okay cool 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 
Um, we have a few options for you. Trevor Noah, Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal. Steven Yoon. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> okay. I would kill Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I am not interested in him in any way. <laughs> um, I would... Um, what am I? Oh, uh, fuck or marry. I would, uh, what am I? Who are the other people? Jerry Seinfeld and Trevor Noah. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld. I didn't, I'm not very like interested in fucking Jerry Seinfeld. So I guess I would marry him because I would love to hang out with him. I would love to spend time with him. But marriage also involves sex sometimes. Whatever. Sorry, Jerry. We're having a sexless marriage. (laughs) And then Trevor Noah is such a dreamboat. But I also would love to marry him. So I guess I'm, I guess Maybe I would you fuck swap Trevor. And you swing between the two. Yeah, but I don't want to fuck no, Jerry. Well, let, to, let's, oh, right. Let's right. take Jerry out. We'll go Steven Yoon so you can fuck him. And then you can Rob. marry Trevor Noah. Great. It Thank fixes you. her That's answers, great. though. That's great. I, I, will, I will marry Trevor Noah any day. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been quite the ride. And it's been, you know, it's been such a pleasure having you. Thanks. Thank yeah, you for you're coming amazing. today. Thank you. I really appreciate you inviting me on Wobby Wob, and I really appreciate you two having me. Thank you. Thank you Thank so much. You. Mm-hmm. Well, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> A real uplifting, funny conversation. Lighthearted. I, I meant that was fun. I wasn't being sarcastic. Well, we Rob. do have fun talking about that kind of stuff. You know what? Everything is fun as far as I'm concerned. We just had street tacos. Mm-mm. I smell like them now, do you? I do too. That's, That's the, the problem. That's the one thing. Because <laughs> Why are you guys blaming me for that? <laughs> <laughs> Looking at me well, like I made you Olivia smell like and I, Olivia and I at lunchtime because like often we'll break and eat together and Olivia and I are always like we need to eat light. Like I need to have a salad finally and then Wobby Wob comes in and is like let's get dumplings or Pizza or tacos. We, we have not once ordered pizza. <laughs> anyway, point being, he's never for the light greens. No. Do you like salads? I do. I usually eat them for dinner, though, not lunch. Oh, but like lunch is your hearty meal. Wouldn't call that that hearty. Like, I normally would have had two tacos. Let me ask you, because we mm-hmm. all know that you are a foodie. How did you like these street tacos today? They're good. I like them. I would, I would get them again. That is huge for Rob to say he would get them again. Nobby Robbie has very. <laughs> I like to have my my hearty meal at night. When hearty I do hearty in the day, I feel like I'm gonna fall asleep. Well, I don't do hearty during the day really either. I most of the time I forget to eat lunch. No, you do. All he does do you is really? he consumes matcha all day. How come you don't forget when you're with us? You never forget when you're I with don't us. forget when I'm at like this like at the studio all day. So if I'm at Dax's all day, we'll order lunch in between. Right. Interviews and I won't forget. What do you guys order over there? Yeah. A squirrel. Every time? No. A lot. Uh, they like they like Jersey Mike's. <laughs> what do you get from Jersey Mike's? I can do an Italian sandwich. And you're okay with that? Yeah. I mean, it's not my first choice. Is that that's like a Subway sandwich type yes, deal, right? Yes. It's a step up from Subway. Let's Is it? you know, it's not yeah, it's but it's yes, it's the same thing. I actually really miss Subway sandwiches. Why don't you have them? Because I can't eat gluten. Do they not have a gluten-free option in no. their rolls? No, they don't. 
I don't mean just Subway. I mean like a Subway sandwich. Like a like hoagie. From a uh, hoagie. Like a submarine Like a sandwich. really good one. Hoagie. Yeah. I do love a hoagie. Love a hoagie. A How nice do you get yours? <laughs> I remember the best hoagie I ever had. Leah brought me in the hospital. Oh, from the day God, at, or the, from Jimmy John's? No, from, from Bay, Bay Cities. But I had just had a baby and she brought it to me and I was like, this is life. So that was the first thing you ate after Elliot? Yep. The first thing I was craving was, this sounds so weird, but there's the best smoothie. This sounds like a Rob thing. Okay. <laughs> Beverly Hills Juice Company, I want to say. Anyways, it's like on third and orange or something. It's been there forever. This dude's been doing juice since the 70s. He's like OG juice man. And he has this smoothie where like the base of it is like an almond banana, like mm. ice cream almost, but it's not cream, but you know, like a frozen thing. And then you pick your juice and I get strawberry, apple, coconut, mix it. And I was craving it. And that's the first thing I got. Sounds you had punch, yummy. You had punch bowl over in Los Feliz? No, what's punch bowl? It's like a smoothie juice place. Fancy smoothie juice place. Is it good? It is. Fancy smoothie juice places? I would not have picked it out. No. He likes matcha. Did Natalie crave anything right after birth? Nope. <laughs> not that I remember. Did you not get her anything? <gasps> no. Rob. <laughs> I don't think she was craving anything. I think she just ate the hospital food. What? What? No. Well, uh, to be both times, both babies were born at like 11 a.m. after being in labor all night. So that so makes what? it okay she to eat still was gonna food? Eat so she was at some just point? exhausted, wanted to go to sleep, didn't want to. I think we got like Wingstop. You think or you know? I think that's what we got. That's, that's what we got after Vincent was born because it was right next to the hospital. Wingstop. Mm-hmm. We had a deli next to our second hospital. Oh, yeah. And I got matzo ball soup and a corned beef sandwich. Yep, that sounds delicious. You know, and a box of like cookies. The cookies. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know I know exactly you know, which deli yeah. you're talking about. We're talking West Valley here. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. The only food I could eat at the hospital was the graham crackers <laughs> yeah. and peanut butter and pudding. You like pudding? I like chocolate pudding. Ooh. You ate pudding last night. Banana pudding is different. That's a whole other category than chocolate pudding. I like chocolate pudding. Do you like pudding, Rob? Any really. kind? Do you like banana pudding? I mean, pudding? I like... We've discussed this. this. Yeah. What? what we have? Yeah. I, mean, I, say I, like, I like budino, which is kind <laughs> <Yeah>. of pudding. <laughs> we talked about this last week. We did? <laughs> Any chance we get to talk about food? We're like, the guests are gone. What are we eating for lunch? What's for dinner? <laughs> Where did you have banana cream pudding at Agnes? Oh, at Agnes's restaurant. I know Agnes. You know Agnes? Mm-hmm. Have you been? Yeah, I know her. You know her, an Agnes? <laughs> yeah, I know Agnes. My great aunt Agnes. Um, it was delicious. I make good banana pudding if I do say so myself. You do with the Nilla wafers. Yep, traditional but super delicious. I think we want dessert. Is what's happening? You order some crack pie. No, I want sidecar. It's the only thing I ever want. Does they, do they deliver to no. you? No. They deliver to me. What? Yeah, they deliver Why to our house. Why have you not brought a sidecar, Rob? Because you guys are me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're not me. You love us. We're your favorite part of the week. We're oh, your... you're complaining about bringing you things. I bring you matcha. You, you do. do. Rob is very good to us. Very generous. We're like his older sisters that all we do is pick on him ruthlessly. Oh, he just raised his eyebrows like, yeah, much older. 
<laughs> yeah, I was just agreeing with her. Yeah. He's like, yep, they're old. We are. I just turned 41, you guys. Happy birthday. Mm-ish. What's your favorite gift that you got? You know what I did got? for my birthday? I do. You were up I baked in bread. Canada. I baked bread with my daughter and my mother. How'd it turn out? It was great. Did you put like butter on it? What? It was hala and, and we braided it and we actually made it a wreath because there were two loaves. But what do you do then? Just eat it by itself? Right when it came out of the oven, we did because it wasn't really... Did it have a soggy bottom? No, Rob. Did you put butter on it? Yeah, you put butter on it. Wait, no, you do an egg wash on it. What? No, I don't mean to cook it. it. Yeah, when you... I was like, what? You got my soggy bottom reference though, right? It's something. What is it? It's just from Great British Bake Off. That's what... Oh, yeah. Paul Hollywood always says. It was was not a... Well, I never know with you, Rob. (laughs) Soggy bottom doesn't sound very sexual. Do you guys think we got like way too political today? I don't think we did. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, sometimes I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be completely honest right now. Sometimes I do get a little uncomfortable when things get super political only because I start feeling like I want to take care of people's feelings. Mm. Like if it's triggering for them Mm -hmm. or, you know, I just want everyone to feel cozy. And sometimes when things get super political, I feel like people will shut off Mm. to hearing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I have a hard time. I don't like being very vocally, you know, political. I think if it's about a particular issue and you're Giving your view on it and not saying blanket. Right. Right. This. However, I think it is tricky in the current climate. It's tough. I guess it's tough because I get like sensitive for the people I do know and love that are on the other side of things. Right. But I brought up, you know, Jennifer Lawrence's article and she got super like, I can't handle people that aren't political anymore because it's so important in our country and stuff. And she's very vocal about it. And a lot of people are. And there are certain things that I feel super passionate about, but it's such a fine line. Well, I think it's a, people are being very affected by it now. So now is the time where it seems okay to talk about more than like talking about college tuition Mm -hmm. relief. But what are your thoughts on someone? Do you think it's possible to be very political in your own life, in your own world without publicly putting it out there? Yeah, I think it is. And I think people do it and do it well and like choose to uh, communicate it through their like work mm-hmm. versus speaking about it. And there's benefits to that as well. Right, because there's other ways you can be political. Yeah, like uh, Jordan Peele, his work... <laughs> like his, his work is very political. Right. And he's not sitting with a megaphone saying when he believes. Right. He's just making movies. He's doing it through art and storytelling, which I think is probably a more valuable way to do it. But not to say that it's not important when there are issues as large as there are right now and people aren't talking about it. Is that right? That people, do you really feel like people aren't talking about it? But I'm not mad at people for talking about it. No, I'm not either. I'm not mad at people for talking about it. I'm just saying that sometimes I get uncomfortable only because I want to take care of too many people's feelings, which is a problem with me, Mm -hmm. not anyone else. Right. 
you know, and I have to look at that and be like, why does that make me uncomfortable if someone gets uncomfortable? I guess the hard part of it for me is that a lot of the issues we were talking about, they're things that are about inclusion for everyone. Mm-hmm. And the the things we're talking about are closing that. Like, yeah. you, you cannot do this according to this person. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's also uh, another thing is, is the four of us sitting in this room all fall on the same side. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm already. She's already on shop, Bob. I'm already not here. I know. Not so much here. No, I am. I'm just. It's a. It's a hard topic. I. Well, it's, and it's tricky. Everyone has relationships. That everyone's dealing with that with like their families, mm-hmm. people that they disagree with. And yeah. I think it's about being able to have those harder conversations without it turning into a screaming match. Yeah, I think we do good at that because we have people in our family that are conservative and we have conversations and it never seems to get heated. It never seems to um, escalate. It's just kind of like, oh, I didn't know that. Or what is that about? And really trying to learn where they're coming from. I know people that have been married forever and they both agree very passionately on either side of it and they just don't talk about it. That's the hard part though. My mom and husband don't agree about it. That seems unhealthy to just not talk about it. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. My mom and her husband talk about it, but it doesn't go well. Right. My brother and I talk about it. It does not go well. Interesting. Yeah. It's tricky. There's certain friends I have that I don't talk about it with because I love them so much and so dearly that I'm just like this. What what is it going to do to convince this one person to feel the way I believe is right? It's kind of pointless. And at a certain point, I feel like I do have enough respect for that person to be like, you're educated. You have all the information we have. And that's where you came it's not my business. That's why we get to vote. Yeah, I, I do think there is some responsibility, though. To, but like how? Yeah, yeah. How do I, you do I mean, it? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rachel's asleep. <laughs> what do you think, Rachel? <laughs> I don't know. I'm tired of talking politics for today, I think. it's It's just tough. I don't like it. I, I, it's a conversation. I think it, is. it needs it's to continue to happen. And the yes. more people can have an open dialogue without it right. turning. Yeah, tearing people apart or whatever it is. It's just people, everyone should be accepting. I think that's the main message is like you accept people. Okay, fine. You feel that way. Even though it's hard for me because I have a really hard time when I feel strongly about something, especially when I know I'm right. <laughs> no, I just have a really hard time basically accepting and kind of coming to just understanding and not trying to fight it. But I think that's the most important thing. Like, okay, step away. You feel how you feel. I feel how I feel. Stay in your own lane. And that's what it's going to be. Because you can't change people, Rob. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Dude, I read an article. A woman, I don't know if it was an article or it was on Instagram. A woman gave birth to twins, okay? Later, down the line, found out that each baby had a different father. 
She no. had sex with two men on the same day. Fun. <laughs> two men on the same day. And each the baby was from either man. Like, Where did you read wow. this? I'm telling you, it was like on Instagram. Have Instagram you ever thing. done that? She was somewhere, I want to say, <laughs> have sex with two guys in one day? Yeah. I don't think so. Huh? You've slept with two guys in the same day? Not on purpose. But <laughs> is it like it, they were twins and you didn't realize you were with the other one? No, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have done this. You're like dating someone, right? And you go somewhere with them and you decide to leave with someone else. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I've done that, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I'm you just... have. You have. I mean, in my 20s. I like how wild you used to be. <laughs> used to be. I know. And now I'm like, her stories are phenomenal. Yes. Now I am. I'm boring. An old lady. Well, it was, I remember I went somewhere with one that I was yeah. with. And then we weren't like together. We were like broken up, but went somewhere together. And had sex right. that morning. Yeah. You know, and then we went to a party. I had been drinking. I don't drink anymore. This is why. <laughs> and then I saw the other one. The one I wanted and got in a fight with that one I came with. Intentionally. So, yeah. And they almost got in a fight oh that my night. God. They, were the same. they, they tried fucked. to fight. <laughs> and then they fucked. Um, yeah, I, I started a fight with him so that he would get mad at me and leave so that I could go yeah. home with the other one. Yeah. Didn't that happen on the OC? What? Didn't in an episode? Seth have sex with Summer and Anna? You Anna? wish, don't Anna? you? You wish at it was same, Anna. At, on the same day? I bet Anna. there's a lot of people that have done that. I know Probably. there's a lot of people that have started a fight to like end a relationship because they don't want to confront it and break up with them themselves because they aren't brave enough. Don't know who did that, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't know. I've never, I have not double dipped, been double dipped. <laughs> I mean, someone being unfaithful, I'm sure, has done that. Yeah, of course. Oh, well, yeah, I mean that. Hello. A lot of people have done that. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't, I wasn't in a relationship with any of these people. Right. But you've never had done twice in one day different people, Rob? No. No. I'm trying to think. Did I ever do that? Probably. No, I didn't, though. You, you know, didn't. I it's probably more didn't. when people are just dating around. I was always like relationship girl. Yeah. In my 20s. So I didn't do that. I had a, a little bit of fun. You had a lot of fun. A lot. I did. I had fun. You did. But that even wasn't fun. I was like hung up on some dude that I was like obsessing over and he came. So I had to get rid of the other one. <laughs> and then he came. <laughs> we need our sound effects. And then he bought the other one a shot. <laughs> so all is well. All is fair in love and war. How do you feel about sex on your period? I'm not like a fan of first day sex on the period because it's just like fucking crime scene. Like not cute. <laughs> you? <clears throat> the reason I asked this, Rob, is because <laughs> <laughs> we were talking to someone last night and it came up. How do you feel about period sex? I don't care. You don't care? No. Good. Most guys I feel like don't care. Is that true? I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> I haven't slept with most guys, but... You slept with two in one day. 
Both of them didn't care, I bet. No. Yeah. I find mostly they don't care than do. As long as you're not, like, having to go down on them. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Yeah, we were talking to a friend last night, and the conversation came up, and it was like, wait, you do that? People were like, no. no. But first time, no, the biggest thing was first time sex and on your period. On your period. Like the first time you do that with a partner? Yes. Yeah. With someone you're dating or a partner. I would not want to do that. But I feel strongly like I'm not okay with doing that. Like if I haven't been waxed. And that's my own thing. And that's not like, oh, for the guy, like I feel better. You mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't once and I wouldn't let a guy do anything. So he went down on me over my pajamas. Oh, we call that a PJ mask. <laughs> <laughs> It comes up quite often when I'm in my PJs. <laughs> he did. He went down on you over your pajamas. <laughs> did that even work? Did you have an orgasm? No. <laughs> did you just have wet pajamas then? From his, From his slobber? slobber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just Slobbery. like, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> That's so gross. It's not as gross as... What would have maybe happened if he had taken your pajamas off? Wait, were you on your period? You were on your also? period. No, I just wasn't waxed. Oh, that was my point. Oh, uh, got it. You care more about being waxed than you do about being on your period. Well, I don't lo like. I said first day, I'm not like, hey, let's like take off my, you know, like let's go there. <laughs> like, let's paint these walls. <laughs> yeah, <let's> paint <laughs> the town red. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm not a fan. Like heavy flow. Even flow. Well, that's more a cleanliness thing at that yeah, point. Yeah, and just like it's not, it's messy. you know, it's messy. But would you be turned off if a guy was against it? If he, if you were like, oh, I'm on my period. And he's like, okay, cool. We're not going to have sex. Like, would you be kind of like, eh, on him? How would you feel about that? Um, I don't know. I would understand if it's like first day. Or you're in a hotel and it doesn't matter if about cleanup. blood everywhere. Because that's that'd be more the issue for me. Is getting your sheets dirty? Yeah. <laughs> but you don't care. Do you know guys that do? This is not something that we ask one another. My you don't friends, talk about we're not like boys. Yeah, like dude, we're we're totally respectful like... of our partners. <laughs> right, but even I'm saying pre like wives and partners or whatever. I don't think most. You still wouldn't talk most, about period no. sex. <laughs> I don't think most guys I'm friends with would care. Right. I feel like that's more the common thread than not. On that note, <laughs> I mean. See you next week. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs>